0: You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on on, on, on on a forklift. It's time for the buff show. One hundred years. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's I mean, you think about it.
1: And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the buff show.
0: Deeply held by uh, by a President. Stop moving that that that, that uh, you know. This
1: is well, that's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here.
0: Let's go. Joe so grand and I agree.
1: And here's your host, Matt Buff.
2: Welcome to the Map Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us here. It's an amazing time to check out thebuffshow.com. Also, mypillow.com. Save up to 66% and support a great company in Mike Lindell. Use promo code buff. Get a better night's sleep so you don't wake up woke. Also, go to mystore.com. Check out the new My Coffee, best coffee in the world, because it's time to wake up America. Big events coming up. Check us out Monday at Liam Fitzpatrick's for the Seminole and Volusia County candidates meet and greet debates. Liam Fitzpatrick's, our great sponsor, will be hosting this Monday 5 to 8. Don't miss that. Come see us live. We'll be broadcasting live as well. Also, the Florida Republican Assembly primary election watch party Tuesday night will be broadcasting live with those guys. And that is at the Gavana Grand Saloon Lounge and Restaurant. So two great places to check us out for election coverage. And somebody we've been checking out election coverage with from the get-go is Patrick Byrne on with us from the America Project. And if you Google America Project, forget it. You just got to type it in, guys. Google has done a tremendous job of hiding you, Patrick. It's unreal. Yeah, some is dot. We are what
3: used to, in the USSR, was called some is dot, forbidden literature, forbidden truth. Yeah, good to be. It's high praise
2: yeah it's it's exactly right. Um, your thoughts real quick on uh, Liz Cheney going down in a blaze of just this glory, whatever the opposite of glory is. They said well, she might lose by twenty. The election day voters came out and put her in the retirement home at nearly forty percent. near thirty seven percent when all was said and done, and she came out
3: and con- uh, her concession speech. Uh, compares herself to Abraham Lincoln and raised the possibility that she's going to run for president in two years. (laughs) She hasn't gotten the joke. That lady hasn't gotten the
2: joke yet. (laughs) No. How do you figure that? You can't even in your supposedly own district, can't even win you lose by nearly everyone who came out. I mean, she had her friends and family and father and the people he didn't shoot come out and support her, but it's just unbelievable that most of Wyoming, most of them overwhelmingly rejected her and said, you know what? Maybe if I can't do it here, maybe I can pick up California, New York, and a couple uh, red states. <laughs> Too
3: funny. Too funny, gal yeah, living in a, a a definition of a, the, the scientific definition of a delusion is a fixed false belief, a fixed false belief. If I think I'm Napoleon today, well, if I think I'm Napoleon, it's false, but if I just am having a bad day or whatever, but if I really believe that consistently over time, that's a fixed false belief. You would say correctly that I'm delusional. I'd say that applies to Liz Cheney at this point, but she's trying to go out with a little her chin held high. So
2: yeah, what is she gonna do? Say I got my ass kicked. <laughs> I got clobbered. What is she gonna say? You know what? Maybe this is a stepping stone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a political move. <laughs> no, lady, that that light at the end of the tunnel is
3: the on rushing train coming at you, or that just <laughs> ran you over, actually, at this point. Yeah. Uh
2: too funny. What else do you got, Matt? That's awesome, man. I want to talk about the primary election because the, pri- the the voters are coming out on election day. As we mentioned at the top, we got our big primary election here in Florida. And a lot of candidates that I have on the show, they're nervous. A lot of candidates I talk to around the country, they're nervous. I know at the American Project, you guys have been fighting for election integrity. integrity but we had this story out of Texas where a judge refused to enforce election integrity measures. And people see this as a... Uh, Really bad thing. What the left is doing, Patrick, is everything in their power to make sure elections can't can't be accounted for. And it's just really discouraging. discouraging. Yeah.
3: Let me tell you, they've also made it impossible for the attorney general to bring election-related charges. That can only be done at the county level. And they've also, they just did something else in Texas that made it, that is counter-transparency, counter-election integrity, uh you know this is a venezuela takeover kind of thing is the way to think of it and they're just trying to corrupt this as we go um here there's a way to de- defeat it you know those football play you ever see those football plays where the quarterback gets sacked and one lineman hits them low and the other hits them high and you just see that quarterback spin around i used to be a defensive tackle that was what you live for the occasions that you, the uh uh, that's what we've shown that we can do it. And it takes a ground game. And that's where the America Project and 50 other organizations in America are in. And that's about bringing election integrity, cleaning your voter rolls now. I'll get back to that. But all that stuff with election integrity, the high hit comes from the people. The People have to show up and vote. We can overwhelm their fraud if you have organizations like us and others out there throttling their fraud, we think that we're able to eliminate about 30 to 40% of it is what our mathematical analysis of what we've done in uh in Virginia and Arizona is. We think we're getting about 30 or 40% of it. The electorate has to come out and do their job and hit them high. If we do that, we overwhelm them. In Arizona, listen, the entire establishment, Republican and Democrat alike, were and the Republicans are all corrupt, or not all corrupt, they're mostly corrupt out there. They were absolutely against Kerry Lake, Mark Fincham, and Abe Hunneman as Attorney General. Fincham is Secretary, say Kerry Lake, because they're going to go through Arizona and clean it up. And it's corrupt. As, and they did everything in their power to defeat those candidates. They did everything in the power to cheat. And we, they did cheat. They cheated 100, 125, uh, who knows? Who knows what? But they, uh, And yet they still got beat because the people showed up. So it takes both efforts together.
2: It really does. We saw the same thing happen early in Virginia when it happened in Virginia. You and I talked about that on a previous show. The plan is to overwhelm that vote on election day and just protect your vote. If you send in a vote, make sure it's accounted for. Make sure you know what happened to it. But best way to protect yourself is to go in on election day. And Carrie Lake walks around away with it. She's going to rebuild that wall in, uh, in Arizona, which is fantastic. Abbott should take a page out of her playbook. The mainstream media saying Abbott should run for president. They don't understand shipping illegals to New York is not the best thing. Put them on a bus and send them back to Mexico, Patrick. Well, if he does that, the feds
3: show up and, un- and unlock the gate. Uh, I, th- You know, I, let me go back to you, what to do, what to do. Let's dive in on what people can do. Listen your 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 children's children's children are calling out to you and saying I don't want to grow up in Venezuela. I don't want to grow up under the thumb of the CCP. Great grandma, please expend a little effort on this. This is you you're going to save the world if you do. You need to expend some effort. You need to put down your Cheetos America and you need to do this. First of all, the voter rolls. For them to stuff the ballot boxes, they first have to stuff the voter rolls. That's because the way the computerized machines work is to accept the fake ballots. They have to have fake voters to put so they have to stuff the voter rolls. So you can't wait to November 8th to clean the voter rolls. Get involved with a local, every state has them citizens groups that have sprung up to clean up voter rolls. That involves canvassing and that involves some of it you can do from an app on your phone. You don't even have to put down your Cheetos. You can sit on your phone in some states and look up, you know, oh, this, that house has two registered voters. Well, I know them. That has three. Well, that has 27. Well, I know those, that house and that house is just a little old lady. So that's and lets you report it and manage the complaint and things like that one way or another the most important thing you can do in your state is to be cleaning voter rolls Now, then on election day, you got to show up and at least observe ideally your work and you're not confrontational. You're peaceful. Well, you're peaceful, but you insist on observing the rules. That's all we want. We want people to observe the rules. These folks act like scoff laws. These folks send goons out to try to intimidate. They put, try to, Try to get people to accept pizza boxes in front of their faces and stuff. So you got to know your rights, know the law, get the training. There's formal training. It's like four hours, four hours or eight hours depending on what position you take. And so that's the other thing. So get involved is basically getting your great grandchildren saying get involved, and that means work on voter integrity now and in the and work on on November eighth and the days leading up to it because that's really when they everything starts happening.
2: Yes, indeed. That is a great blueprint. And we want everybody, we've been hammering this for two years, ever since the big steal. Now, what they do to protect... Their steal. They tried to pass HR one, so they couldn't do that. So now they're just going to go after you guys individually. The raid on Trump's home, the interrogation of Rudy Giuliani, just because he asked a question, and you, Patrick, the the hideous, ridiculous witch hunt of the January sixth commission came after you. They're trying to protect their fraud by going after people that want to point it out. It's just remarkable.
3: Yeah. Well, I welcomed it. I was advertising for almost a year to get in front of J six. I took out advertisements, so they finally had me in. And they were quite cordial, did the best I could, best I could remember on things. But I I had, I think they were, it was very cordial and they were surprised. I mean, we said, I said very early on something like, you know, obviously we're not going to agree on every, on what happened on November 3rd, but let's set that aside. I recognize Congress has a legitimate interest in knowing what happened from November 4th through January 7th. And I can fill in a whole bunch of gaps and then... And then we can go back and fight about the things we disagree with, but I'm happy to fill in all these gaps. And then I answered the questions as best I could. It's kind of funny. It triggered. I had really not talked to, I had really not talked about those events other than what I put in the book and even to people close to me because I wanted to keep my memory fresh. After I did it, I then have talked to some people close to me and even have some more refined memories Uh, I've walked through publicly that I was the guy who laid out options to the president. And uh, have you heard my, I don't want to walk through it all, but I've laid out options and the president's explanation the you would call it commander's intent. He gave commander's intent to be, basically there were three choices he had to make. We were arguing that the federal government itself had published enough statements at that point that it triggered the presidential, he, he could have had an investigation Because the FBI itself and DHS had published on October 22nd a statement about Iran's trying to hack our election systems. On October 30th, they published another letter updated November 3rd that said Iran has successfully hacked one state, and there's other states under attack, and there's other nation states involved. On December 8th or 9th, they put out another statement. And on December 16th, they did the whole Solar wind statement. So based on all, which was that solar winds admit the whole federal government hacked it to its teeth. And based on all that, Mister President, you actually per these executive orders have the authority to order a quick investigation of a week. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will say two weeks. We think we can do it in a week. And the truth is, in two or three days, if we're not finding what we think we're going to find, we can let you know. And sir, if you do, if we do, you're going to have to resign immediately. You're going to have to concede, not resign. You're going to have to concede immediately. And President Trump could not have been, he cut me off to say, Pat, you have no idea how easy that's going to be for me. You have no idea how easy it will. You have no idea. On January 20th, Marine One's going to land right over there. He was listening at the Resolute desk and looking at it, the South Lawn, said, yeah, it'll be the easiest thing in the world. You have no idea. For me to walk in and get in that helicopter and chin held high, what we accomplished I've got golf courses. I've got friends. My life's going to get a lot better, Pat. But, you know, if this this election has been rigged and if if the f- the, there's a foreign, foreign actors involved, how can I do that? How can I just surrender to that? And I found it perfectly reasonable. His moral reflection was perfectly reasonable. He was not some tyrant seizing at power. My read of the man was he was a really ty- tired 75-year-old guy who was looking forward to getting to his golf course and putting his feet up really and being proud of what he had done. And I thought found his moral reflection, absolutely appropriate for the moment. And I said all this to the J six (laughs) committee, you know, I did the very best I could to tell 100% the truth now. uh, uh, But when I got back, what I didn't know when I told the J six committee, so I've, you know, I I, I know a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent confident that the president, on every choice, he was pushing towards the most light footed choice. Yeah, there was discussion, and there was discussion of these other possibilities came up. I left thinking, I left understanding that the, we were going to be going forward, and Sydney was going to be the special counsel, and we were going to be going forward with something. But what I forgot was that when we got back to the hotel, the people that I was actually working with who were doing the organization, they tell me, oh, don't you remember when you got back to the hotel, Patrick, you told us we had to scale it down even more, come up with a plan to just uh, scale down to a one county, very, very light footed as as an alternative. So that was a reflection of the president sort of always indicate and go went on these choices to make it more light footed, more, you know, light handed. I guess is the word. Not going in like, like they're saying commandos seizing voting equipment everywhere around the country. Uh, so, but I, so other than that correction, I stand by everything I told the J Six. It turns out the truth is a little bit further that way. Uh, I know Rudy. Both Rudy and uh, Pat Cipollone are painting it like we were like having these extreme solutions. I didn't think our solution was so extreme at all. We would have had an answer in three days. And Trump, let me tell you, Trump was absolutely ready to concede. And he—he's—it's. Uh, I mean, he—he. He, there was nothing inappropriate about him about the way he was deliberating.
2: Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. And I bet they were really disappointed. Out of all the people questioning you, who was the most vile? Actually, so first of all, Congress was on
3: a black screen. And one congressman, I won't know. Well, it was Congressman Raskin. He made a little mistake early on and his face appeared. And then he hit some buttons until it went away. Other than that, it was a blank screen. But what I did not but and who I was facing were three investigators and uh, Mark Harris, Amanda Wick, and a a younger man. I forget what his particular interest was. And then two stenographer positions, but there may have been three that rotated through. I didn't quite, but anyway. So and and so they uh, only they asked me questions. They were quite polite and cordial. It's kind of funny at the end, Ms. Wick said, I I, I bet $5 I was going to get you to throw an ashtray or something. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, and, but I was told that on the screen, what I did not know was that the way Congress works is that there's like a the private Zoom over there. And anytime Congress is having a, any committee is having a hearing on anything, anybody in Congress can dial in and watch. And I was told there was a massive audience within Congress of what we were talking about.
2: Wow, that's fantastic! What a setup that was. It just, it's just people didn't know that's how it went down, and that's just remarkable. So good for you for not for. I like how you advertised to go in front of Jan Six. That was awesome. Good for you. And now you're working with the American Project, uh, America Project, helping people across the country co- uh, get together and uh, it's Civics 101.
3: We've taken a tried to take a lot of anger and disappointment and belief that the system is rigged not just elections but maybe the whole of Washington DC and turn this into a movement to restore the Constitution and rule of law. There's lots of pieces of evidence these days, Matt wouldn't you say that rule of law isn't there? So General Flynn and I started this we're behind we're everywhere and nowhere uh, any support if you want to help come to the to Americaproject.com and sign up five bucks five dollars a month, something like that it would be. Be a minute man in this uh, at this moment. We really could help them use the public's health. I, I, I'm closing one point. You know what's going on with billionaires? It, billionaires are afraid. Gosh, all these billionaires come by. They want to meet the general. They want to sit and talk politics. They want to go home to their country clubs and regale their fourth summons where they spent two hours with General Flynn. They're afraid to write checks. It's we it's only the people who are going to get it out of us. You can't believe the rich guys. I'm so ashamed of them. You can't believe how gutless they're so afraid of being. uh, It's a third rail election integrity, any of this stuff. So they it's all we're going to only get through this if we have the support of the grassroots. Come to America Project. Be a five dollar donor if you if you can spare it.
2: Thanks. Yeah, very good. And we got just a little bit of time. We're wrapping up primaries across the country in the next couple of weeks, and then we're off to the general. And that's where we really need you, Patrick. AmericaProject.com, everybody. It's linked on TheBuffShow.com. Make sure to check it out. Patrick Byrne, thank you so much for the great interview today. Thank you so much, Matt. Great to be on your show again. Oh, absolutely. Take it easy. We'll be right back on the Matt Buff Show. You stay with us.
0: Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant at Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1
3: off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Mondays, it's trivia night. Tomorrow, $7.99 burger and fries. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention The Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzPatrick's.com
2: Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge, as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar Is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show.
1: Welcome back to
2: the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you guys roll along with us here. We got a very special guest who you guys love. He's been on the show many times, and we're our primary here in Florida is Tuesday, and we're watching what's happening around the country. Trump is like 202 and 17 uh, record with endorsed candidate. Now some of his endorsed candidates like Meminaz are worthless, but they, there was no other choice, I guess. But what we have here is a trend of Election Day voters turning out in droves, like for Kerry Lake in uh, Arizona, for example, turning out in droves to support that candidate. And even though there's fraud, they're overcoming it because they know if we go out and vote, we can overcome this thing mathematically. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the midterms where the Democrats really get feisty, especially uh, going from closed primaries to open ones. Let's go over to Joe Hoft and talk about this, Gateway Pundit, and also CPA. A lot of people don't know, certified public accountant and former international auditor will publish a second volume of his book, The Steel. Uh, Joe, I hope this isn't called The Steel Harder. <laughs>
4: um no i've got i've got two books books out now on the steel one was setting the stage and this one is the impossible occurs and of course the impossible is joe biden made it out of the basement to get 81 million votes i mean it's impossible so that's, no, what that's not
2: is. not likely <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: no, No, we all know that. And you didn't have you didn't have to be an international auditor to know that. Anybody (laughs) on the street knows that. You know. Yeah. That's right. Boris
2: Johnson was like, what the hell just happened?
4: (laughs) Crazy.
2: Even Biden was like, Are you kidding me?
4: (laughs) Well, he he, did say the fix was in.
2: Oh yeah, he said that the biggest uh, organized steal in American history. Yeah. He said that. organized
4: fraud. And it's yeah. not who. it's who counts the votes. He said, you know, yeah, it's not who votes; it's who counts the votes. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> he I said mean, that well, twice. Thinking that's a slip of tongue. No, no, that was actually the one truthful piece that came out of that guy's mouth.
2: Yeah, everything else since then has been absolute nonsense and garbage. Like saying the under 400,000 a year won't be taxed. Well, even Moody's and everybody come out with these tax, the Wilson center, everybody from the joint committee on taxation to the CBO said if you make anything, you're going to be taxed with this bill. Mm. <laughs> if you make anything, but that being yeah. said, when does the book hit? When can people
4: expect to get it? Yeah. Well, Matt, thanks for asking. It's uh uh, actually on Thursday, it became available on Amazon. We'll get it up on Barnes and Noble here soon, maybe even today. And, um, that's in paperback. It's only 10 bucks. I mean, you can't even get a happy meal for that anymore. No. So it's worth it because what I tried to do is just lay out. Here's what happened. So I'd love to talk to you more about it just in detail. Some of the things that, uh, that were, you know, found and, and then that I reported in this book the the goal is that you can read this and at the end you're 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 convinced based on facts based on what happened and you know based on somebody who was really involved in in looking in this election who's also got a professional auditing background you know I mentioned uh um to you before when I've been on the show that I was an international audit executive in in Asia I ran an over a a fortune 500 Asia-Pacific shop for auditing and uh and that was some heavy-duty work because it's different languages currencies etc processes people and um it was it was challenging but that that groomed me uh for this election because uh when this thing came down as we look at various states and the activities i was able to group some of these the common threads together and come out with uh about eight categories uh it's what i kind of grouped it into i mean there's so much fraud but but the end result is the average reader, the average person, if they're non-biased, if they feel like they have an open mind and they're willing to look at the book, they will walk away after reading that and just be shaking their head saying, there is no way that this election should ever have been certified for Joe Biden. Period. So let me let me jump into that some more, uh, Matt, since... Uh, given the floor here. Let me talk about um, some segments in my book. One piece that I started off with, which really grabbed me, was uh, the piece revolving um, really uh, what happened the day after the election. Of course, we knew Trump even warned us at like two in the morning after on election night. He says, well, we're way ahead. We're doing great. We're winning all these states, but be careful about 4 a.m. vote drops. Well, sure enough, it happened. And we saw that in Wisconsin, we saw that in uh, Michigan, hundreds of thousands of votes were dropped in the middle of the night off of Joe Biden, and so, anyways, what happened the next day and over the next few days in some of these states is uh, we couldn't get in and find what was uh, what was happening, what was happening behind closed doors. Who was counting this? How are they counting uh, these ballots? Where did they find them? Where are they coming from? And and instead, we had observers kicked out from these facilities. And one guy who pointed this out about a month after the election was the guy from scott adams from dilbert and um he shared this great piece where he says you know as soon as they blocked you know poll watchers and and individuals independent observers and republicans from observing what was going on behind those closed doors the election was over when they were forcefully prevented from going in and even threatened many of them that's when the election should have stopped Uh, we should have probably the, the the proper thing to do would have been to start all over to do the election over in these states but instead they certified those results but Adams is right it's like this no way this thing should have been certified just based on that secondly uh what as we start digging into the numbers and this is what an auditor would do Matt is that we uh we um we would normally start off by taking a look at the big picture What's going on? So we started looking at the data on the election night, and like uh, we mentioned here in the promo, uh, the uh, the there was no way that this Joe Biden guy could get eighty-one million votes. It just didn't make sense. You had uh, Barack Obama with some pretty big crowds in 20, 20, 2008 He had the record for most votes ever at like sixty-seven thousand, maybe six. I'm sorry, sixty-nine million, and uh, then Trump comes in and he gets seventy-five million. But Trump's crowds were massive. Joe Biden, on the other hand, had nothing. He had nothing compared to either Obama or Biden, nor Hillary for that matter. And uh, Biden uh, had only like 1,200 or so. And I mentioned this in my first book on the steal. He had only 1,200 or not even that, two, less than 2,000 people at all his rallies from Labor Day to, to uh, Election Day, whereas Trump had 1.1 million people. And I should note too, not one incidence of, uh, of any violence in any of those uh, rallies uh with 1.1 million people so it didn't make sense that biden got a 81 million trump crushes obama's record but then biden comes in with 81 million so when you look at the big picture as an auditor would you'd say what's going on here you know we got to look into this and we couldn't really focus on one area because every area was broke and that's uh that's then matt would would led us to the next area which was uh the third really area was is related to just the data as we started looking at the data we start, we really saw what we saw Matt was uh that there was like these computer glitches and these glitches were happening across the board in various states and they always went against Trump but what we would see people were sending this to us at the gateway partner they'd say hey there's like uh 2, votes that switched for from Trump to Biden look at this on the screen look at the next time they show the numbers and the numbers have dropped for Trump, but added the same amount added for Biden, like 20,000 votes here, 10,000 votes there and in various states. So we're like, gosh, what's going on after a pattern of these? I was on with Steve Bannon and I said, there's a pattern here. And the pattern is they always go against Trump. And then what we did is we I was like, gosh, it'd be nice to get a hold of the data that supports all this. And we got a hold of that data. And it was called Edison data. And we started looking into it and we we saw patterns that should not be there. So in an election, things should be random. You should see sometimes more votes for Biden, sometimes for Trump, or in in some sort of not not a pattern, a straight line pattern. But that's what we saw is these straight line patterns, which made no sense. And we identified those and we, we called this the drop and roll. And, um, this was a we put a video up on on Rumble because we got kicked off YouTube, as you know, and um, on Rumble. It's called the drop and roll. And you can see that the ballots, they come in. They're pretty random till about 50 percent. Then all of a sudden they go squirrely. And at 50 percent, Trump was way ahead in all these states, way ahead. And then all of a sudden they start going squirrely. And then uh, in some of these states, you see these massive dr- uh vote drops almost actually i should say in all of these states whether it be georgia pennsylvania michigan wisconsin these key states and then after that point in time according to the data everything was static with biden always getting more votes than trump across the board for the remaining 10 percent of the votes that come in and that makes no sense so we identified that and i'll tell you matt over this weekend there's uh there's uh there's a an event in springfield missouri where some people that uh, have looked into this further this data are calling it, put together a movie called selection code so though they took this data and then they found a machine and they could see that these machines were causing this these data anomalies and there's a movie coming out this weekend called selection code that i highly recommend and i'll be down in springfield to to take a look at that and um so anyways the data didn't make sense and then we started looking at the ballots and the ballots that came in the door we don't know where they came from there's a thing called chain of custody where all the ballots are supposed to be a marked documented whenever how they came in where they came in somebody signs them the time date etc and every time those ballots are moved they need to be signed off on well across the board across the country there was no chain of custody in, in numerous cases, millions of ballots came in the door and we have no idea where they came from. These are the absentee ballots. And these are the ballots that uh, went towards uh, Joe Biden. It's uh, I think it's the book and uh, this is my my effort was to share something that we can use if in perpetuity to prove that this election never should have been certified. So Matt, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate being on your show. It's always great seeing you and uh, we'll catch up soon. Hey, Matt
2: Buff from The Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. SatellitePhoneStore.com Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the Earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps, too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use iridium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams, about half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit satellitephonestore.com for special offer, or you can visit sat1234.com and mention the buff show 941-841-0844 Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews, including everyone that's been on the show tonight. And Katie uh, Katie Talento is going to be joining us. She's executive director of Alliance of Health Caring Sharing Ministries, the Alliance, AHCSM.org. You're going to want to check that out because you remember this lie.
0: So here's what I do. I start with one rule. No one, let me say it again, no one making under $400,000 will see their federal taxes go up, period.
2: That's a big giant lie from Joe Biden because according to experts at the Joint Committee on Taxation and many others in, with this new IRA, not the Inflation Reduction Act, but the ignorant, ridiculous, asinine bill, that they just passed, will uh, increase taxes by $16.7 billion on taxpayers, making less than 200000 not to mention the inflation costs and the gasoline costs you guys are already paying, and the health insurance costs that they put in there. Major expiration date. Let's go to Katie right now. Katie Talento, welcome to the Buff Show. Great to have you.
5: Thanks for having me, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Well, it's great to have you as well. And like you were on the show last time, we encourage everyone to check out Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries, AHCSM.org. You need these alternatives because the provisions they put in this new bill, this giant spending bill for the lowest income Americans when it comes to healthcare derivatives, they're, uh, they actually expire soon and they're going to find themselves in a lot of heaping trouble with healthcare costs because of this bill
5: well, I think that what we're seeing with this bill is that the Democrats are trying to make sure that everybody is dependent on the government for as long as they can. They just extended these subsidies for everyone, most people on the ACA exchange plans. Um, and, you know, that's that can be really important and helpful for people to be able to afford these otherwise totally unaffordable premiums that they've driven up doubling over the past decade. But, you know, that's really important for those people. But one thing I noticed during this process, Matt, of the Congress going back and forth about whether they're going to have this bill or whether it's not going to go, and you know, everyone riding on every you know uh, finger movement from Senator Joe Manchin um, and whether he was going to vote for it. This is; these are people's lives. These are people's life and death decisions in healthcare, and it's dependent on a bunch of political kookery in Washington and and brinksmanship. I mean, this is not how we want our healthcare to happen is, is through the whims of Congress. It's scary.
2: It is. And this is the government putting a blanket around you saying, yes, we got you. We can take care of you. The problem is ACA drove up uh, costs ridiculously, like you mentioned earlier in in the last decade. And it's just been um, absolutely ridiculous. Not only is this, uh, this bill continuing this awful process, but the type of coverage that they're talking about in this bill is really garbage coverage. It's your, your, your uh, benefits expire so quickly.
5: Well, they don't kick in for so long is really the problem. They have deductibles that are $10,000. I mean, who has 10,000 bucks sitting around in a bank account to spend when, you know, before your insurance coverage even kicks in. It's, it's scary. Again, it's just scary to put your hands in, you know, to put your life in the hands of these politicians. Um, I do think that there are a lot of alternatives out there that people should consider. Certainly healthcare sharing ministries that I represent are, are, are one of those alternatives, but there are others. You know, we're seeing more and more of these startup ideas like direct primary care, which is a subscription-based primary care. More and more Christian doctors are walking away from the broken healthcare system and the insurance market and going into this type of model we like to see pairing of a direct primary care subscription or membership with a healthcare sharing membership so these are these are options but i mean right now congress really holds all the dice you know and for about 14 million americans they're in the hands of congress and so It's scary. It's a scary time in healthcare with prices going so high and in this inflationary environment too.
4: No,
2: absolutely. We can go down the list from the border to the grocery stores, to the baby formula, to the healthcare. I mean, we could really go down the list on everything, but you bring up a good point when you talk about the Christian doctors. It's just just like in the schools, Um, the 1.2 million people that left the school system and decided to homeschool, teachers also leaving, creating micro schools where they can, it's like going back to the old days with six kids in a classroom kind of thing. And, you know, maybe all this horrific government stuff is good for so many to maybe just go back to our roots a little bit. We can do the same thing with healthcare that they're doing with teachers.
5: It is, it's, a, it's, a, it's an innovative time. And there is always a silver lining that God intends for good when the devil intends for evil. And I think one of the silver linings of the COVID pandemic is what has happened with our education policy and parents finally waking up to what's going on in the schools and starting new models like you talked about. And healthcare sharing ministries, I always talk about them sort of like a homeschool co-op for healthcare with religious believers coming together and agreeing to share their medical bills and to live their lives in accordance with their faith, including how they treat their bodies. So it's it's better to do healthcare in community. It's such an important and vulnerable time when you're facing a healthcare crisis. You don't want to turn yourself and your life and your family and your loved ones over to some cold insurance bureaucracy and hope they do right by you.
2: Yeah, And hope is not a good way to go about when you're doing your health care. If you got a heart problem, you don't want to rely on hope. You want the best doctor you can. And it's just unfortunate that a lot of people don't know that there's better alternatives out there. But, you know, groups like yours, the Alliance, it's growing. So talk about some of the benefits on what we discussed in the beginning of the interview with the quality of care that maybe you guys might provide that uh, a government-run insurance agency can't.
5: Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things about most healthcare sharing ministries is that you can go to any doctor you want, or you don't even have to go to a doctor. You could go to a naturopath or an acupuncturist, actually acupuncturist, or, um, you know, a nurse practitioner there there for most ministries, there's no network, um, or even if there is, you can go anywhere. And so that's, you know, one great thing. Another great thing has to do with how the ministries help patients and their families to shop for the lowest cost care and to find high quality, lower cost sites of care. So for instance, did you know that if you go get an MRI at a hospital owned radiology department or imaging center in in an outpatient setting, that MRI is going to cost three to five times more what an MRI at a freestanding imaging center would cost. And that might be out of pocket. That might be under, you know, the the amount that the ministry or an insurance plan would require you to spend before the ministry is going to ask the community to to bear that burden you might you know be asked they only want to ask the community to share in bills that are burdensome right so they ask everybody to bear their own load first and then submit the burdens to the community so you know, you have to bear your own load at first. You're looking around for what's the lowest cost uh, MRI. MRIs are sort of a commodity. It doesn't matter where you get them. Um, and so why not go to the lowest cost side of care? The healthcare sharing ministries have people you can call. Not only will they help you find the lowest cost MRI center, but they will also pray with you. You might be scared. You might be afraid of a diagnosis. That's the time to call your ministry and get some prayer.
2: This is exactly why I wanted to bring you on today after this bill came out and got signed. Um, I, I thought about you with the healthcare side of this because just like I talked to you with the teachers, we want to bring the audience something different. Um, people are finding ways to carpool and stuff because gas is so high. We need to carpool our kids together. We need to carpool our health insurance together and maybe just kind of start over in a certain part of our community, the Alliance. Uh, You guys got to check it out. AHCSM.org. What are the premiums like real quick as we got a few minutes left here? What are the premiums like and um, how can people feel assured that their kids are going to be taken care of in the pediatric office too?
5: Yeah. So we don't have premiums because we're not insurance. It's truly just a community that shares each other's burdens. But we do usually ask for a monthly contribution of certain amounts. Those monthly contributions tend to be about half what an insurance policy would cost. Um, when it comes to pediatrics, we're very kid-friendly, right? You can go to any pediatrician and all those you know, pediatric burdens will be shared by the community in every ministry I'm aware of. So there's no difference between adults and kids in terms of what the opportunities are for sharing those burdens with the community.
2: Yeah. That brings me to another question because the sharing costs is way, like you said, half the cost, but it's just unbelievable. We went, um, a couple of years ago, my son wore glasses, went to contacts and, um, he was on just one of the horrible vision plans that, you know, came out of the federal government kind of thing. And so we were out of pocket more than we would have, if we would have just ordered the darn things online. <laughs>
5: That's very common, Matt. Actually, when you go searching for cash prices, if you walk in and you say, I'm not going to use insurance, or I'm uninsured, what's your best discounted cash price? Those cash prices tend to be 30 to 40% lower than a commercial insurance rate, which is, you know, 50% lower than the list price. So cash prices are the way to go and a bunch of healthcare sharing ministries capitalize on that they advise their people to go talk to a doctor or hospital and and ask for the cash price and then get an itemized bill upload that bill to the ministry portal and have the members of the community share those prices with you but when you're you know when you're in a faith community the idea of stewardship is really important in a way that it's not when you're talking about an insurance policy you know so it's really important to be able to to have some responsibility and everyone seeks that lower cost cash prices because, you know, we're talking about the body of Christ here. We need to make sure that we're not um, putting burdens on them that they don't deserve because, you know, I, I, I didn't go and shop for a lower cost site of care. And so when you're talking about a cash price for glasses or um, even an office visit, or lab tests, they're dramatically lower than other prices that you would use with insurance or even um, with some sort of commercially negotiated discount.
2: Very good stuff. I'm going to post the link again for everybody, but if you go to thebuffshow.com slash uh, slash Katie Talento, you'll see the link to what we're talking about, but it's ahcsm.org. Do your research. Like she said, there's a bunch of them out there. Do your research. Make sure you get the right fit and get your family covered better for less katie thank you so much for joining us on the show
5: it's my pleasure matt thank you
2: you got it we'll be back on the matt buff show but we're always trying to bring you better solutions in this crazy time of government overreach and spending
0: Stay with us. A boring website can make your company look really bad. (sighs) Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state of the art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call 321 765 7710 or visit them at JJC Marketing Solutions.com. I'm somebody now! JJC Marketing Solutions.
2: You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts, about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show.
3: Engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a twenty-five dollar discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at two hundred seven North Goldenrod Road, Suite two hundred in Orlando.
0: Contact Veritas Tactical four.
2: 40- Welcome back to the Map Buff Show. One thing we will not let go is the raid on a president of the United States just for a fishing expedition. And now they're him hauling around about, you know, affidavits and this and that. And, you know, you're going to get a sheet with a bunch of black lines through it. Not cool. Let's go over and talk about this to John O'Connor, author of Mysteries of Watergate. What really happened in Postgate and, uh, check out his
6: podcast too. John, tell everybody the podcast they can catch you on. Well, the podcast is also the Mysteries of Watergate and, uh, uh, the, uh, it, it, it's pretty good. I would pick up the book, The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened. But if you're on a hike, there is a podcast where I go through some of this stuff in Mysteries of Watergate. So it's kind of fun.
2: I want to do something a little bit different than most shows are doing. I want to compare this to what you've experienced and what you saw and wrote about with Watergate. Because when you look at the process of, hey, this is a national security risk, but it takes three months to even do anything about it. There's no crime listed here. And they ripped in there and uh, just rifled through everything. It was more of a fishing expedition. Sound familiar to you
6: at all, John, in your writings? Well, first of all, when you look at Watergate, what people objected to in Watergate after all the facts came out was that it looked like the president was using his office to further his own political agenda, plain and simple, and help with election. Um, And once that realization hit the public, Richard Nixon was out of there. Now, I write in my book, what everyone said happened really didn't happen because the press kind of put their thumb in the scale against Nixon, and hid a lot of stuff that happened. But put that aside. The people thought that Richard Nixon had interfered, used his political power to interfere in electoral matters. Now, let's go to today. What is this about? This, first of all, this warrant, Supposedly it's about classified documents. There are about an inch of them at most, even if you put aside the fight over whether they're really classified or not. But they grabbed somewhere between 250 and 360 inches of documents that had nothing to do with the fact that they were in the same place as the classified documents. Now that shows me that the real effort here was to grab everything from Trump that he might have and especially things that he might have that were compromising on Joe Biden. Remember, Trump was very interested in Russiagate, and more interesting, he was interested in Ukraine corruption. This whole thing about Ukraine gate, uh, wanting to investigate the Bidens. Well, there's good reason to investigate the Bidens in Ukraine, and everyone involved uh, knew it close to the ground. And so uh, the Ukraine impeachment was nothing more than to take the spotlight off Biden's corruption. So I think that what they're doing is they're finding all the dirt. They know uh, Trump had collected dirt. They wanted all his dirt. So in that sense, it's like Watergate, but they're using the levers of power for their own political advancement. There's no doubt about it.
2: I just look at the media collusion with this again. I mean, how many times are the American people going to be fooled when it comes to the witch hunts against president Trump, starting from the very moment he rode down the escalator, They've been after him. They're trying to hit him in New York on his businesses. So they're going back his entire life, not just his presidency. They're trying to do everything to undermine this guy. And uh, the politicians like Liz Cheney are paying the price at the polls. That's the one chance Americans have on retribution against this kind of behavior. But it just seems like, I mean, with Watergate, they made so many movies just every other year. It's time to make another Watergate movie. Uh, The Post was a recent one a few years ago (laughs) where they did the same thing about how the heroic journalists did did such a marvelous job. But the media is in the same tank. And when you go back real quick, the JFK took 10 years to find out that Chicago stole the election for him. We have the same thing where they're covering up here. And then are you do you see they're going to make movies about the greatness of uh, the takedown of Donald Trump if they ever get their way and lock him under the jail?
6: Well, obviously, yeah, this is all about media supremacy, and it started with Watergate. And that's why I write the two books I write. If you want to know how well Watergate was reported, read either of my books. The Mysteries of Watergate tells the tale and tells how the Post hit it. Postgate directly goes after the Post and its uh, fraudulent reporting. And I go through all that. But whether you come at it from one direction or the other, the Post. Cook the books. It was a journalistically impelled scandal. They, everyone brags about it. The journalists brought the president down and they brought him down falsely. Read my books, they brought him down falsely. And once you realize that the foundation for modern investigative journalism is partisan takedowns of of those politicians you do not like, uh, that's what Watergate is about. So when people go to journalism school after Watergate, They wanted political impact. They told people they wanted to change the world. Well, if you want to change the world, you've got to put on a jersey and pick a side. And that's what these journalists have done since then. So when you now let's fast forward to the present situation, Matt, Um, you look at their uh, what the newspapers are doing now. They're talking about these classified documents. My gosh, they must have our most secret nuclear codes That if Putin got them, he would control the world. Now, everybody who knows anything about the documents that are classified know that the number of troops in Huntsville, Alabama, are probably classified. That's the kind of stuff you just don't let out. But nonetheless, is that really a big secret? Is it really a big secret uh, what the troop levels are in uh, Czech Republic or um, other things about installations that we're building? no and and most of the stuff trump had to the extent it was classified at the time probably is three four years old it's stale except for <laughs> it's proof of corruption in ukraine they've got plenty of that and also uh, probably a lot on russiagate too and how how devious everyone was so what is happening here is it's a battle between a dishonest press and regular citizens who are trying to get the truth out. And that battle still rages. And the major force against regular people in the United States, when Donald Trump says in his normal, grandiose style that the press is the enemy of the people, <laughs> it's not far off. I wouldn't categorize it that way, but I would say <laughs> they're the force that keeps people in our republic from getting the right information, from getting. All sides. All sides. Free. I, I, I'm not saying well, you should only publish one side. No. Publish it all. But publish it all. And so let the, let the people decide. But the major factor keeping us from information is the press.
2: Yeah, I, I do consider the press the enemy of the people, especially after COVID, where they carried Dr. Fauci's water and people died people and kids were in a lot of trouble. I mean, there's a whole nother uh, story about that. But I'll tell you this with, uh, let's say Trump did have the nuclear code. Change the codes. Change the codes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's no problem. They do. they do. And they
6: do all the time. And they yeah, do all they, the time.
2: Yeah, they do all the time anyway. It's just a, it's just a media lie. And they did. They took his passports, they took all this stuff and the media covered for him. They know they didn't. Well, they showed that they did. They didn't, I didn't, I don't think they found Paul Pelosi's um stock option tips in there. I don't think they found Hunter la- Hunter Biden's laptop in there. I don't think they found all the stuff uh, with uh, collusion in Ukraine in there. No, they just found his passport and some other stuff because they're not really looking for anything that really implicates people. They're just trying to bring this man down, and that's what they're doing. But it's just unbelievable how the press just buys into it and makes it look like it's World War III, the fact that they went into Trump's house. They think it's the greatest thing ever. If they didn't, then we'd all be in deep dead trouble from the Russians back to Gate. But you know, he was working with the national archives and they asked him to put a lock on the play. So this is something more than what we know.
6: Well, yeah. And I'll tell you how that you can prove that, Matt, we're talking about an inch, let's say an inch of documents that are classified. Now I would say that's probably generous. That's probably hundred pages. Maybe there's a hundred, maybe there's 200, maybe there's 50, but doesn't make any difference. They seized 250, 360 inches of documents. If they really cared about the classified documents, all they needed to do was make a motion to enforce they'd given a subpoena before. Trump thought he complied with it. They said he didn't. Uh, They decided he didn't. They never told him that. They were too sneaky. All they needed to do was have one lawyer march over to Palm Beach Federal Courthouse and say, Judge, I want to enforce this subpoena. And the judge would say, OK, Mr. Trump, I want you to give me all your documents with classified markings on them. I'll give you uh, forty-eight hours. You bring them in, and I'm going to look at them. And if I agree that they're classified or seem to be classified, I'll give them to the government, and then you can fight it out later as to whether they're really classified or not. But that process would be no fun because they would get the documents they claim to want, which are nothing, which are nothing, and they would they would fail in their main mission of depriving Trump of all the dirt he'd accumulated. There's no, it's so obvious, but this shiny object of the nuclear codes and everything, they've got everybody talking about classified documents. They seized far more than classified documents, and that's the number one uh, item here. So this is about use um, use of the Justice Department as a political weapon. And as Andrew McCarthy said, you know, this is a general warrant this is the kind of thing that we fought the Revolutionary War over. You do not have a general warrant. I'm going to go in and take everything Matt Buff has. Well, that's what they were doing here. Yeah, they talked about classified documents, but then all, all the documents in the same room with the classified documents they got. Well, what does that mean? You know. So strictly speaking, it did call for Trump's passport if it was down there. Uh, it's a document and it's in the room. Uh, you know, And also, I suppose his uh, you know, maybe his application to, uh, uh, to to college is there, too, and they grabbed that. So who knows?
2: Well, John O'Connor, I really appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this. The espionage act has to go. This is the kind of stuff they were doing during the Revolutionary War that started the war. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. The new Congress doesn't need to just get in there and investigate. They need to hold these people accountable. We got to talk about dismantling the DOJ and FBI when you come back. I don't know if you agree with that, but we'll talk about that when you come back. But everybody check out the books, Mysteries of Watergate, and the podcast. John O'Connor, thank you so much.
6: Matt, good talking to you.
2: Absolutely. Great talking to you as always. That will do it for this evening's edition of the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there, and we will see you next
4: time.